welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick. I'm your host. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to have an empowered conversation to know where your authority lies. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Really happy that you're here. And if you listened to the podcast before, I'm really happy that you're back. This is episode 266, so we've been at this for now six years. If you're new to the uh, podcast, you may or may not know that I've written a book called Brief, Make a Bigger Impact by Saying Less, and also a book called Noise, Living and Leading When Nobody Can Focus. The reason why I do this podcast is to help you become an intentional communicator. And the the topics of this podcast are really driven from, from both books, from the book Brief and also from the book Noise. From the book Brief, I started a business called The Brief Lab where we teach people how to become clear and concise communicators. As you may recall, in the last week's episode, we launched the Brief Communication Assessment, which is a really important free survey. So if you haven't taken that, take that. It's short. It's less than five minutes. But it gives you a quick, immediate score, a benchmark score, about how clear and concise you are. So that's what Brief inspired. And then the book Noise has inspired a new set of programs called Quiet Works. And those are for leaders or for teams to help you make silence part of your workday. The combination of those two things, those two programs, really help people become intentional communicators. And that's what this podcast does, is to get you to start thinking about ways you can be way more effective when you communicate and ways to manage the noise so you're not creating clutter. You're cutting through it. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about empowerment and empowered conversations. And those are sort of big words, like an empower, empowered conversations, empowerment. And I'm not going to dive down into the deep uh, recesses of leadership and management theory to talk about empowerment. But what I am going to talk about is from the perspective of how having an empowered conversation can make it clear who has what authority and when to use it. And I'm going to specifically talk about it from the perspective of how you can use that authority to create change, to accelerate change. And even more specifically, how to use that authority to create change in how you and your organization communicates, which you may feel is not optimal. You may feel is terrible. You may feel the way you and your organization communicates is abysmal and never going to change, which that's a terrible feeling because we're... We're about trying to change that and help you and your organization become lean communicators. We've been doing this for more than a decade, and we're seeing change, but people still feel like they're stuck. Like, I can't do anything because I'm waiting. And we're going to get at how you can fix that, address that, get at it in a way that really makes you feel like, hey, I'm empowered. I've got the power. I've got the authority to do that. Now, where is this coming from? And not always, but sometimes I, I... I pull topics from the people that I talk to and the conversations that I'm having. And this, in this particular podcast is coming from um, a colonel in the Air Force, Travis, who shared with me a quote which immediately struck a nerve and got me thinking. And I want, here's the quote that I wanted to share with you, and it's from Travis. And it's not his quote, but it's from a, it's from a general, I believe his name is Holmes, I might be mistaken, in the Air Force. And the quote goes something like this. Act as if you have the authority you believe you should have and dare others to tell you differently. I'll say that again. Act as if you have the authority you believe you should have and dare others to tell you differently. Now that is the that quote is the basis of this podcast. Because 
in the words of Travis, what he found as a leader was that people were coming to him constantly asking his, his opinion, his guidance, his opinion, his guidance. And he tells them this quote, act as if you have the authority you believe you should have and dare, in this case, dare him to tell you differently. So that's what it's about, because if you think about it, if you don't think that you have authority, you have to constantly go to your superior, your boss, and run things by him or her for their opinion, for their guidance. You feel like you're constantly going, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way, but I'm just using it as, as the basis of an analogy, to your mom and dad for every dollar or every five dollars, you know, at 15 cents that you need, you're just constantly going to them, and you don't feel like you have the authority. And in that problem, creates a whole series of problems. So the reason behind this whole thing is you have to make it clear who's got what authority and when to use it to create change. All right, so if, you, if you're unclear, if it's unknown, what you have are lines at your door, lots of one-on-ones. You have a lot of meetings, a lot of discussions, a lot of waiting. Well, if those lines are clear and it's known who has what authority and when to use it, then you eliminate layers of management. You, you start to get at issues and fixing them. Now, I'm not talking about chaos theory or tyranny where people just run around you know, making up things that they have authority that they don't have. But the quote starts to get at this ambiguity that lies between who has authority, who thinks they have authority, and who actually has authority. And if you don't know, that, that ambiguity, that middle ground, creates a lot of waiting. And it puts a burden on leaders because they always have to make the final decision. And many of those leaders don't want to and actually don't need to, but yet you always are pulling them into decision decisions, decisions, conversations, meetings, decision briefs, decision, you know, constantly in, in not knowing and, and the whole thing just stalls organizations. And that's what we want to get at in this, in this, in this conversation, in this uh, podcast for today. Now, when I go back to um, a previous podcast, it's about a few months ago, I talked about a few articles that were written in Harvard Business Review, Specifically, they were on a research that Microsoft did around employee engagement. And again, this is fancy business words for employee engagements or employees happy, satisfied, connected. And what Microsoft executives and researchers did was they redefined, challenged themselves to look at like thriving, not just engagement. Are employees engaged, happy, but are they thriving? And Microsoft described that term as employees that were energized and empowered to do meaningful work. And I love that because I, I'm energized and empowered. I can do meaningful work, and it's within my the realm of me to be able to do that work. And a, a lot of that is how people communicate, how people talk about what they're doing and what they're working on and where things sort of stall and not happen is where people don't feel empowered. I, I can't do anything. And for the backdrop of trying to break this logjam here, I want to give you a couple of ways of thinking about this of what you what do you want to change in your organization you might want to change how meetings are run the agendas that you feel you're handed you've been handed down through the ages you want to look at emails and the way emails are written and how much information they contain you might want to look at challenging the frequencies of your contact with people maybe your contact you're in contact too frequently 
Maybe it's not frequently enough. You want to challenge your ability to say, in the military they use this acronym. I just did a podcast on acronyms, so I'm going to spell it out. NSTR, nothing significant to report, which is a really great acronym, acronym, but but very rarely used, where an updated person would say NSTR, nothing significant to report from me. You might want to challenge the a presentation or a briefing format, the way the slides are designed. We do it because we do it. And everybody looks at the slides. I was recently in a meeting and I looked at the slides and they were really, really cramming a ton of information. And you couldn't even read them from, you know, a few feet away. It was, it was just way too much information. You may want to challenge quiet in the organization. You're constantly collaborating, constantly being interrupted. But can you Put do not disturb signs out. Can you give people places and times where they can do deep work and, and, and bring silence back into the workplace and make quiet a thing? So these are all po- points of change. You're trying to change an organization. And you may be listening to this like, well, I can't. And that's where I want to get at right now. I'm going to go back to the quote from Travis. The quote is, act as if you have the authority you believe you should have and dare others to tell you differently. That's what I'm going to get at. Okay, so here's a couple things, and they're just kind of my strategic approach to how you do this, how you can have these empowered conversations. Number one is test it. See if you have the authority. And I don't mean just go out and spend a million dollars and not tell anybody. But in a small way, test it. Change the agenda of a meeting. Reformat an email. Take a PowerPoint slide and redesign it. Act as if you have the authority you believe you should have and dare others to tell you differently. So test it. See what happens. Then when you find out what happens, number two is have a conversation about it. That conversation might be from the top down. I'm Travis, and I'm talking to my subordinates about where that authority lies. Or it might be from the bottom up. Those subordinates are telling their senior leaders, do I have the authority to change this meeting format? Do I have the authority to reclaim the space of a conference room and make it a quiet workplace you know, have that conversation from the bottom up or from the top down. Talk about it. Then don't talk about it. Because once you've done it, you don't have to keep on having conversations about it. That line outside your door of people waiting for approvals, guidance, decisions might get shorter and it might disappear because they're waiting for you to make a decision that they can make themselves. Okay, so we're trying to create a culture of lean communication, something's got to go. And that line outside your door might need to be what's got to go. That meeting where a bunch of people are sitting in and they don't need to be there, those people have other things to do. Send them away. When I think about changing a culture, I think about the scenario that I just mentioned. Rooms of people in meetings that they don't want to be in and they don't need to be in, but they can't leave because they don't feel empowered to leave. Now, you read these things about wealthy people like, oh, how I save, how I'm so efficient because I just don't go to the meetings. Well, you don't have to be a billionaire not to go to a meeting. Challenge the convention, right? Right, test it. Have a conversation about it. And then maybe you don't have to be at that meeting. Okay, then you're not having that conversation. You're freeing up time and resources. You're looking at the slide deck of 25 slides on every weekly status meeting you have because you've always done it. Is it the best use of your time? attention, challenge it, change it. Okay. And then finally, talk about accelerating the change. 
Okay, you've done, once you start to have some quick wins, you'll feel good about it. You'll, you'll feel differently. When you, when you look at that definition of thriving at Microsoft, it's people that are energized and empowered to do meaningful work. Well, where are people feeling unempowered, weak, depleted to do meaningless work is what a lot of people are doing. They're doing it because they do it. It's not done by design. It's done by, you know, habit. And it's been done like this for years. I need you to start to think about taking charge, gaining power. Right, And I love this quote. It really inspired me to start thinking about this in a different way. Everybody's waiting. Waiting for who? Waiting for what? Can you really act as if you have the authority that you believe you should have and then dare others to think differently? Could you do that? I think you can. Test it. Then have a conversation about it. And then you'll find you don't have to have a conversation anymore because you just removed a roadblock. And then you can talk about the other things that you can start challenging in your organization to make it better. Because people feel like they just have to keep on waiting for this, this thing. They wait and they keep on waiting and they keep on waiting. So my advice now is quite simple. It's really simple. My advice is not to wait. Do not keep on waiting and waiting and waiting to be empowered to change. I studied English literature in college. And here's a spoiler alert from a book that I read as an English lit major. The book is, it's a play by Samuel Beckett. It's called Waiting for Godot. Here's the spoiler alert. He never comes. Just saying.